As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, my little friends. We've got the votes to confirm uh, Justice Ginsburg replacement before the election. We're going to move forward in the committee. We're going to report the nomination out of the committee to the floor of the United States Senate so we can vote before the election. America. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America, one nation, indivisible, under God, for real. What I intend to do is to uh, proceed with the consideration process, and if a, uh, a nominee actually reaches the floor, then I will vote based upon the qualifications of that nominee. In some states, thousands of people, nobody young, below the age of 18, like nobody. They have a strong immune system. Who knows? You look at you. Take your hat off to the young, because they have a hell of an immune system. But it affects virtually nobody. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. This morning, CDC out with guidance, like we can trust it, uh, for Halloween. They're recommending no door-to-door trick-or-treating and discouraging costume masks. I was so disappointed yeah. when I heard well, that. Well, they say a well, costume mask isn't a substitute. It's a legitimate question, but let me tell you I'm not going to answer that question because it will shift all the focus. That's what he wants. He never wants to talk about the issue at hand. He always tries to change the subject. But let's say I answer that question. Then the whole debate's going to be, well, Biden said or didn't say. Biden said he would or wouldn't. No matter what happens, everybody sticks to We're going to have to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? I don't know. You know what we're going to Yes, yeah. we, we have to do? You just got to Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you have to get rid of the Electoral College. <laughs> Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and thank you to everyone that is in that intro for allowing me to have a pretty easy day of it. <laughs> because there's so much preposterous stuff coming out of people's mouths these days that you can't help but laugh. I hope you're laughing, because if you aren't, you're crying. Here's how absurd my life is right now. I live in Boxford, Massachusetts. I'm broadcasting from the basement of my house in Boxford. Currently, my governor is ordering. He's not asking. He is ordering my town to have in-person, in-school learning right now. At the same time he is doing that, my CDC, the number one health guidance officials in the country, are telling my town to not have trick-or-treating this year. That's 2020 in a nutshell. Thank you, good night, God bless. That's what's going on in Boxford. You guys have nothing to worry about, says the governor. The CDC, you guys got a lot to worry about, and we're supposed to make sense of all of that. So, sure, let's do it. 
We got a lot to do on the show today. Obviously, there is about 50,000 Joe Biden sound bites. If we want to use them all, we will get to that CNN exchange. Absolutely hilarious. And also just makes you smack your head like that with your right hand. We're going to get into that in just a little while. Uh, uh, Mike Pence is coming to New Hampshire today at three o'clock. As a result, Mark Lauder is going to join us. He is a strategic communications director for the Trump 2020 campaign. And he's going to talk to us about that event, but also number of things uh, surrounding SCOTUS. We're going to talk to him about the upcoming debate, which is one week from today. Lightning, you think today's a crazy Tuesday? Wait till next week. I can't wait. I can't wait for the debate next week. I'm I'm already popping the popcorn right now in anticipation. I think that's smart. I love it. I can't <laughs> wait. And I when have I ever actually said, "Ooh, man, I can't wait for that political debate." <laughs> Never. This is got nothing. You you want to watch it not anything to do with politics. Yeah, pretty in much. Fact, you know I'll, me. I'll show you what I mean. Okay? Let's start here, Lightning. I don't know if we'll have enough time to get through all of this, but let's try it. What's my? I've told you this many times before, Lightning. Let's see if it has sunk in yet. What is my favorite quote from the not-so-great movie Dick Tracy? You've already lost me. I don't know. There's so <sighs> many. I get confused. There's only I, one lightning so from that movie. So many. No, there isn't. That you have one. though. There's so. Write many. it down. Don't let them be right the now. monster they think you are. That's don't, from Frozen. I know that one. There's You've so many though. There's so many that you, I have to remember now. I want a big board in the production <laughs> oh studio God. that you can reference at a moment's notice. Yeah. In yeah. big orange letters, yeah. write the movie name. Frozen. Yeah. Then in black letters underneath it, write the quote. <laughs> Below that, write Dick Tracy in yeah. orange letters. Every day, I'll come in with a, yeah. a whiteboard, and you then just, the managers no, are saying, what are you doing? It is a permanent board, Lightning. Yeah, There's going to be like 10 or 12 see. quotes up there because <laughs> yeah, they guide everything in life. And they guide the way you should approach life. Yeah, let me see if I can get the okay for the managers to put a you giant can. board up. I have up. given you the approval. Oh, I, I'll you tell them, run that VB said it was okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I am the Mitch McConnell of this organization, and I said yeah, we can okay. do it, and so we shall. Well, okay, well, I'll work on it for you. In the movie Dick Tracy, Al Pacino, who is tired of Dick Tracy breaking up his criminal enterprise, puts the hit out on Tracy, but they don't get him. And when they explain to him at the long square table that he sits at the head of how Tracy slipped away, Al Pacino smashes his hand down on the table, looks at every one of those guys and says, I'm looking for generals, and what do I got here? I got foot soldiers. That's true in politics right now. I am looking for generals, and what do I got I got foot soldiers. For starters, let's go with the Democratic nominee for president. Joe Biden was yesterday asked a pretty obvious question. There's a whole lot of rumblings about whether or not, you know, your administration would pack the Supreme Court based on what's happened with RBG. Here's Biden's answer. It's a legitimate question, but let me tell you, I'm not going to answer that question because it will shift all the focus. That's what he wants. He never wants to talk about the issue at hand. He always tries to change the subject. Well, let's say I answered that question. Then the whole debate's going to be, well, Biden said or didn't say. Biden said he would or wouldn't. So let me come to you, Lightning. Do you, there, there are several things you should note with that soundbite, but let's see what your first one is that you noticed. Him talking about the debate. No. That's what I was getting. I'm thinking about Listen the debate. Listen to so. his answer again, and notice when he says, I'm not going to answer. And what is his reason for not answering? Because that's what he wants. He wants to shift the focus. 
What is Biden doing in his answer? He has immediately shifted the focus to Trump because everything in Biden's world and in everybody's world revolves around Trump, apparently. If Biden is elected president and Biden and his administration decide to pack the court, that has nothing to do with Trump. It's it's about you and what you're doing. Instead, the very reason he gives for not answering the question, he's doing the same hypocritical thing that he's accusing Trump of doing. I'm not going to answer it because Trump wants me to answer it. So then you can say, oh, did you hear Biden's answer on it? And now we don't talk about Trump anymore. In the meantime, Biden's not answering the question, and all he's doing is talking about Trump. So he has shifted the focus from the question to talk about Trump, what Trump wants, and what Trump wants from you. And he doesn't answer the question, and he's actually justifying his answer to the question in that way, as if somehow, oh, I get it totally. So you have an answer to the question, but that's what Trump would want, is me to give an answer. So I'm not going to do that. And in Joe Biden's twisted mind, that makes sense. Somehow. Also, guess what happens, Lightning, when you say, I would answer it, but I'm not going to at this time? Does that mean that the question goes away or that more people ask the question? Of course, it's the latter, yeah. right? Well, the more people ask the question. Do you know who saw that answer or heard it just now? Chris Wallace. Do you know why that's interesting? Because guess who is hosting the first debate one week from tonight? That would be Chris Wallace. Guess what the first question to Joe Biden is now going to be at the debate? Will he pack are you court? or are you not going to pack the court? Yeah. And do you think Chris Wallace is going to let Biden say, you know, I'd answer that, Chris, but that guy right there, he wants me to answer that, and so I'm not going to do it. You think that's going to happen? I'd hope not. He, if he answered that way, it would be foolish. It is remarkable how this is what passes for political acumen, political know-how, political uh, discourse. This, that, please play it one more time for me, Lightning. You have to notice all how convoluted this whole thing is. It's a legitimate I, question, but let me tell you why I'm not going to answer that question. Because it will shift all the focus. That's what he wants. He never wants to talk about the issue at hand. He always tries to change the subject. But let's say I answer that question. Then the whole debate's going to be, well, Biden said or didn't say. Biden said he would or wouldn't. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why you're being asked the question, Joe, is people want to know your answer to it. But now you're telling me you can't give us that answer because Trump will use that for his unspeakable ends. I, what Lightning, if you went to that big board in that studio of quotes that you need to remember, at least for now... What was the Andrew Yang quote during the Democratic primaries? He set it up in New Hampshire at St. Anselm's that was so prescient. I can't quote it exactly, but it was about President Trump, right? You're talking about the one where... Until we as Democrats start to understand that Donald Trump yes. is not the cause of all of our problems, we're never going to be able to defeat Donald Trump. There you go. That's, yeah, that's Do you remember it. when he said that? <laughs> yes, You were I there. Do. You I were in New Hampshire. I remember. That, what, what Andrew Yang said, and then everybody just ignored him, was the best warning shot ever given to a political party. Until you realize that Donald Trump is not our everything, Donald Trump is going to have us. And what did Joe Biden just say? He couldn't answer, although I think he did answer it, obviously. You know, are you going to pack the court? You know, that's a legit question. I would answer it, but no, because Donald Trump. But no, because Donald Trump. It's the most Joe Biden 
Democratic Party in 2020 answer I've heard all year. That's a legit question, and I would answer it, but no, because Donald Trump. Try that next Tuesday, Joe Biden, and see how that works with the American people that are going to be tuning in in record numbers to watch that debate. No, because Donald Trump. I can't. Do you ever see Airplane 2 lightning, William Shatner? Sir, the plane's coming in low and hot. Should we put on the emergency landing lights? No, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do. That's what Biden's answer is just then. Hey, sir, they have a legitimate question you want to answer? No, that's just what they'd be expecting me to do. I'm not going to answer that. And yet somehow for half the country, yeah, that's cool. By the way, Trump had his own problem last night. We'll get into it in a little while. Biden's not alone. When I tell you I'm looking for generals, what do I got? Foot soldiers? Did you hear what Mitt Romney had to say? If you didn't, you're going to when we come back. 617-266-6868. It's VB. You're in the middle on this loaded Tuesday right here on WRKO. Lighting after you during the break. We're going to talk about that Kingston situation. My, my view on that Kingston situation, Lightning, is that those cops being shot have nothing to do with, you know, Black Lives Matter or Antifa no, or any yeah. social justice. What that story does, it is as a it is a reminder to all of us what police officers deal with each and every day. Aside from all the other nonsense in the world, police officers at three in the morning have to respond to calls and when they get there they have no idea what they're gonna deal with, including somebody who may or may not be well, somebody who may or may not be armed, somebody who may or may not want to do harm to either themselves or to others, including the responding cops. And that's what cops deal with every day. So when people get pissed because some of us, you know, wave Blue Lives Matter flags or say back the blue or anything like that, that is why. Because those cops have to do things that we don't have to do, and they are put in jeopardy every time they respond to a call, and we appreciate that they do it. That's the story of that Kingston situation, as far as I can tell. End of discussion. I don't know what else you would add to it. So that's that. Let's talk about Mitt Romney for a second, Lightning. First of all, Mitt Romney back in good graces with the Trump administration now or with conservatives? Is that how this works? It's literally, what have you done for me lately, as Janet Jackson says, and if you're on my side today, great. I'll, I'll ignore what you did yesterday. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So Romney's back in good graces. Why? If you have the sound by lightning, this is what he said. Originally, the thought was that he may not support anything going forward uh, in terms of replacing RBG because he's Mitt Romney. Well, today he cleared it up. 
there are many possibilities that we could go through. I've indicated that what I intend to do is to uh, proceed with the consideration process, and if a, uh, a nominee actually reaches the floor, that I will vote based upon the qualifications of that nominee. Done. End of it. That's the end of it, then. McConnell can put his feet up on the desk, his hands behind his head, and he can smoke a victory cigar. With Romney, it's over. So they are going to nominate probably Barrett. Barrett will come out of committee. Barrett will go to the floor. Barrett will be confirmed. Barrett will be on the Supreme Court. Romney makes that all but done. No two ways around it. Where this gets interesting, though... <laughs> Listen to Mitt Romney try and explain... First of all, you'll notice, Lightning, he's asked about Merrick Garland here, because everybody should be. Are, are, you, are you hypocritical here? Listen to Romney not really explain his position on Merrick Garland, and then try in the most tortured way to explain the difference between Merrick Garland and, let's for sake of argument, say Barrett here, and try and somehow justify all of this. Here's Mitt Romney being smarter than the rest of us. In 2016, do you disagree with your party's decision to stop Merrick Garland? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't there. Um, uh, I, I think there's some perception on the part of, of some writers and others that, gee, what happened with Merrick Garland was unfair. I don't agree with that. I don't know whether you agree, you think it was a good decision or not, but it wasn't unfair because it was consistent with history. It was consistent with precedent. It was consistent with the Constitution. So the idea that the Merrick Garland decision was unfair and therefore it has to be made up uh, by doing something uh, which also wouldn't make a lot of sense, which is saying to President Trump, you can't get your nominee either. That, that just doesn't follow for me. Uh, the Garland decision was consistent with, with history. The decision to proceed with a new nominee is also consistent with history and, and precedent. Uh, and uh, that's where I come out. <laughs> I don't know how you can't laugh at that entire answer. Whatever you think of the Garland situation, whatever you think of the situation now, is there anything funnier in the world than listening to people on all sides try and explain how they are consistent, it's the same, uh, not hypocritical? Did you notice what his answer was on Garland Lightning? He wasn't there. Oh, that's, you know what's funny? Lightning, you weren't there. Did you have an opinion on the Merrick Garland situation, though? I mean, I wasn't there, so. Right. Isn't that cute? I wasn't there either. I actually had a radio show at the time. We talked about it for quite a while. My opinion was Garland should have gotten a vote. Romney wasn't there, so apparently he had no opinion. It means as I don't a guy want to who was, this. Yeah. <laughs> as a guy who was in the process of trying to become the Secretary of State, he apparently had no opinion on whether Merrick Garland should be on the Supreme Court. He then does the... The thing that Biden tells you and that Biden had done earlier, where he then changes the question to now there is this thing with some writers that say that maybe Merrick Garland was treated unfairly in that entire speech lightning where he does the Biden thing and he just talks a long time. L let me ask you what little you know of Mitt Romney lightning. Do you think Mitt Romney thinks that Merrick Garland was treated was done wrong? Uh, VB, I wasn't there, so I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I can't answer that. I, again. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to use that now. A I'm buddy gonna, of mine who is a, a, a liberal buddy of mine today tweeted me or texted me and said, 
I would like it if Mitt Romney just said, you know, they did that in 2016 because they could, and they're doing this in 2020 because they can. And if you have a problem with both of those, then that's on you. And he's right. That's all that any conservative needs to say. Hey, this is where we are. This is what I'm doing. This is what they did then. And that's on them. Go ask them. But, but they keep trying to act like somehow there is some magic bullet explanation that's going to make somebody that doesn't want Trump to make an appointment here, it's going to make those people go, oh, cool, yeah, I get you now. There is no that. We all know what Romney thought of Garland. We all know that Romney would have voted had that gone to the floor if he was in the Senate, and he would have been fine doing it. But he can't. So he's just trying to do that thing that Mitt Romney does always, and that's what ends up happening. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, <clears throat> Mark Lauder is going to join us. He is the strategic uh, director of strategic communications for Trump 2020. They're heading to New Hampshire today. He and Mike Pence. We'll talk to him when we return right here on RKO. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Mark Lauder is the Director of Strategic Communications for Trump 2020. He is on the WRKO listener line right now, I believe, making his way to New Hampshire if he hasn't left already. Hey, Mark, welcome to RKO. (laughs) I am doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Pretty good. You're a uh, former press secretary for Mike Pence, and Mike Pence is making his way to New Hampshire today. Guilford, New Hampshire, I believe, at 3 o'clock. Is that right? I believe that's right, yes. And I believe what this signals is we have talked to a number of Trump 2020 people over the last several weeks as they were either making their way or in New Hampshire is that you guys think that not only is New Hampshire very much in play, but that you guys can get New Hampshire in 2020. Oh, without question. I mean, we only lost New Hampshire by about 26, 2700 votes in 2016. And when you just look at the number of people that are lined up when the president comes, the tens of thousands, I've seen them across New Hampshire. When you see the lines of people already forming to see the vice president today, and there will be more of us up there, you see the energy. They know that this economy is coming back under Donald Trump. They know that we don't need to shut things down like Joe Biden wants to do again. We need to get things opened back up. And there's such there's such energy that I'm convinced that we're going to flip New Hampshire. It's going to go in the red column for Donald Trump. Mark, uh, you're a political animal. You've been doing this for a long time. You've been involved in a lot of different campaigns for a lot of different candidates. Have you ever seen something, I don't want to say shake up the race, because this race was pretty shaken already, but have you ever seen something like an RBG death that comes in and absolutely changes the dynamic so wildly? No, and first and foremost, obviously, I want to honor, honor the legacy of the late Justice Ginsburg and her service to our country. But, you know, we have seen these kinds of things, and it just shows you what's important in this election. You know, the, the choice that we face right now is really about the choice of the future of America, whether, you know, we believe in the founding words of the, of the Constitution. And, you know, the president said this morning he is going to announce his pick on Saturday. And the one thing people are going, how, how can you say you're going to support this president, these, this pick, before you even know it is? We know who it is. The president's already put out a list of people. We know who they are. Unlike Joe Biden, who's afraid to talk about his pick, he won't even commit to whether he supports expanding the court or eliminating the filibuster. All of these crazy radical things that the the Democrats are talking about doing. I mean, my goodness, last night on CNN, I don't know if you watch it because nobody watches CNN, but last night on CNN, Don Lemon was actually saying we got to blow the whole system up. They want to blow the whole thing up because they're not able to get power. I mean, that's not what America is about. We believe in elections, and we believe that elections have consequences and results. We don't blow things up just because we didn't win. 
we don't take our ball and go home. Well, one of the things I would recommend uh, for you, Mark, or offer as a suggestion anyway, is Trump prepares for a debate a week from tonight. You know, he ought to turn to Joe Biden at some point if given the opportunity and say, Joe, I just want to be clear. A lot of people on the left, you don't want to give your opinion, but a lot of people on the left think that you guys need to pack the court if you get in. So if I win re-election, should I then pack the court if I have a Republican Senate? Because is that the rule going forward? Yeah, I mean, it just shows you that there's really nothing they won't do. I mean, you look at some of the shenanigans they're they're doing on the, with election security. My goodness, in the state of Nevada, they are actually saying that as long as your your ballot arrives the week of the election, by the by the Friday after the election, whether it's postmarked or not, they want it counted. I mean, that's just absolutely ludicrous. You don't wake up the next morning and figure out how many more votes you need and then go out and manufacture them. We have election day. It's called election day, and you can vote early. But the deadline is the deadline, <laughs> and but not with Democrats. They want to just do all of these games and, and, and just as an effort to get power, and we've got to say no. That's why we need that ninth justice on the Supreme Court. That's why we need to make sure that every vote counts. I'm actually on the road right now in Michigan on the team tour, and one of the things we're telling folks is we got to run up the score. The, the way we can guarantee this president's going to win is to have such a huge margin of victory they can't cheat and steal it away from President Trump. Mark Lauder is the Director of Strategic Communications for Trump 2020. Um, I don't know who's doing this sort of thing, but we are a week away from the debate. Is the president, are you guys doing debate prep? Are you having mock debates? If so, who's playing Joe Biden and how fun is that role? All of those questions. Like, Give us a peer behind the curtain because for a lot of us, we think, man, almost everything rides on that thing next Tuesday. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I don't think anything is better for debate prep for the president than just being the president. I mean, he wakes up every day with boxes full of briefing memos he has to read for just the day-to-day activities of his job. He wakes up every day and he takes tough questions from the, from the Washington media, tougher questions than Joe Biden's ever going to get. I mean, my goodness, if you saw the, the CNN town hall a week or so ago, I mean, they said it was softball, but I think that's disrespectful to softball. I've played softball a lot. It gets competitive. This thing was more like t-ball. I mean, the toughest question he faced was, do you want prize with that? Um, but this president's ready. He's ready to go. He talks to the American people every day. He takes tough questions every day. And uh, I think there's no better debate prep for the president than just doing his job every single day and taking those questions, talking to the American people. Joe Biden said yesterday that uh, he's not a socialist. In fact, he defeated the socialist in the Democratic primary. Is that a line that resonates, and is that a line that people buy in Michigan, in New Hampshire, in Pennsylvania, et cetera? Well, I mean, he may have beaten the person in the primary, but he had him write all of his policy positions. And then you look out just over the weekend, you know, you had Chuck Schumer uh, along with socialist, you know, AOC standing out there talking about packing the courts, talking about nothing is off the table in their effort to get power. Uh, he didn't de- he didn't defeat the socialists. He just brought them inside his camp because we all know that he's beholden to them. He's beholden to the radicals. I mean, when you look at what's going on in America cities, in New York, when you look at what's going on in Portland and Minneapolis and Seattle and Chicago, so many other places, you got to shake their, your head. And then you wonder why it took them over two months to talk about the violence. They were calling police the enemy. Kamala Harris was comparing police to the Klan. I mean, that's not, that's not standing against the arsonists and the rioters and the looters and, and, the, and the killers. That was embracing them. I mean, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden's staff were actually bailing people out of jail, including an accused murderer and an accused rapist. 
America stands for. And I think as we get that out, as more and more people hear it, a lot of Democrats are realizing what we've known for a long time. The Democrat Party of your parents and grandparents is gone. I mean, many people are shaking their head. They don't even recognize the Democrat Party anymore. It doesn't, re- it doesn't workers. It just re- represents that radical element of, that, of their party. And uh, I think that's one, another reason why so many people, even middle-of-the-road folks, are saying, yeah, maybe I don't love every single tweet, but I know what the results are with President Trump. I'm going to stick with the guy who built this the first time and can do it again. You worked for Mike Pence as the, uh, the press secretary for a number of years, so you were there. A lot of press has been made, and a lot of people in the press love Olivia Troy, who used to work for Mike Pence, and said uh, this week that Trump is not looking out for you. One, were you surprised to hear her say that, too? Was that your experience while you were there? Is that what you saw? Well, absolutely not. And I, I don't know Olivia. She was not there when I was Tell you what the vice president has told the, the world, what the chief of staff for the vice president's office just said this morning on MSNBC. He was in every meeting where she would have been, where where the president would have been. And that wasn't many because she was just a low level staffer. And he never heard any of those kinds of things being said. And let's not forget, this was a woman who in her resignation letter and in social media posts in the days after she left was praising their work, thanking them and talking about what an honor it was. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And, and now she's, you know, taking up some work with, you know, with a bunch of other never-Trumpers. Never and so I can just tell you that the people who are actually in the room have never heard any of those kinds of things. And, again, look at what the president's actually done. We're on the verge of having a vaccine. Another vaccine is going into phase three clinical trials right now. We're getting there. We're coming through it. And we don't need to highlight, you know, uh, the thoughts of, you know, of some low-level staffer. Let's just look at the results and how things have gotten done. I, again, I'll give you a, one other bit of advice, and I know you got to go. When Biden gave his first speech on coronavirus, he said, these are the things that I would be doing if I was president right now. Go back and look at that, Mark, because you would be stunned. And you'll notice Biden never says these things, but one of the things he said is every major city in the country should be building a minimum of five outdoor field hospitals to deal with the overruns that everywhere in the country they're going to have. And the idea is that what would the cost in time, uh, money, everything have been for what Biden was talking about, none of which it turned out was necessary? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the things that he talked about were either unnecessary or things that the president had already done. Uh, There wasn't a question about the president's leadership. Joe Biden wasn't leading and ahead of the pack on this. He was following the president and just repeating what he was already doing. And there's a reason we should 
go back and remember, too, you know, Joe Biden was put in charge when we had the H1N1 virus during the Obama administration. And his own chief of staff, after the fact, has said they did every single thing wrong, everything possible they did wrong. And the only reason into a deadly pandemic was because they got lucky. They don't know what they're talking about. And just saying what the president has already done is not a strategy. The president's actually getting us through this. I mean, Joe Biden says he'll shut it down. Well, then he won't shut it down or he'll shut it down. Or now he's got a mask mandate, but then he doesn't. Now he does. I mean, he'll say anything to anyone if he thinks it'll get him a vote. Mark Lauder, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Be safe and smart and uh, keep working up there in Michigan. We'll see you in New England soon, and I hope we talk again uh, in the near future. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Mark Lauder, Director of Strategic Communications for Trump 2020. We're going to take a break. When we come back, did you see what Charlie Baker and one of his coronavirus czars said yesterday? They were speaking directly to me, as a matter of fact. We've got to go over that. We'll do it after a 60-second check of headlines at 1 o'clock right here on RKO. No matter what happens, everybody sticks We're going to have team. to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? No, I don't know. You know what we're going to Yes, yeah. what you have to do? You just got to Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people... I don't see it. That, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. is but that, you need a is constitutional amendment to do that. And if Democrats... If Joe Biden wins... Democrats can sack the courts, and they can do that amendment, and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They may be able to do that. Maybe. <laughs> so Mark Lauder was talking about that exchange. I, I Man, I have so many thoughts. I, now you're going to sidetrack me, Logan, but I think we got to spend a couple of minutes at least talking about that. Because that's Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. What have I told you about these back and forth with, when shows change hands uh you know at the top of an hour on cable lightning it never serves them well there's no upside to chris cuomo and don lemon talking because how many times are they going to have some sort of problem like this we saw this with tucker carlson and sean hannity on fox but they keep doing it and they keep giving us stuff to be bemused by so there's don lemon just saying again out loud what is not supposed to be said out loud in politics, which is we should just blow the whole thing up. And then Don Lemon not really getting what blowing the whole thing up would entail. And Chris Cuomo reluctantly, but knowing he has to, trying to explain to Don Lemon without also talking down to Don Lemon how how blowing things up would have to happen. And Don Lemon dismissively saying, yeah, we can do that. Lightning, let me ask you, whatever the Senate vote is in November, do you think either side is going to have two-thirds of the Senate? They're not. And let me answer it for you. They're not. So if you don't have two-thirds, how are you going to get any constitutional amendment through ever? You're not. So you're not blowing it up. And Chris Cuomo tries to tell Don Lemon, like, yeah, okay, that's nice, but you can't. Yeah, you can't change the Constitution. Lemon's like, yeah, if Biden wins, we can. No, you can't. You need two-thirds of Congress. And by the way, if you get the two-thirds of Congress, you need three-fourths of the states. Lightning? I know you don't care that much, but do you think Florida? Do you think Texas? Do you think Georgia? Do you want me to continue? Do you think these states are going for that? You need three-fourths of them. How do you think you're going to get that? But according to Don Lemon, yeah, let's just well, do Well, good that. luck. Good luck to them, huh? 
If Biden, <laughs> but the, because this is the big rock candy mountain world that people are living in when it comes to politics in 2020. If my guy gets in, everything's awesome. Again, one of the things that Trump has going, and it's a it's a marvelous trick that he's pulled off. Trump has you believing that if he gets in for a second term, he will he will stem all the rioting, looting, and all this sort of stuff. But the rioting and looting is going on in his country right now that he is running. But the reality is that he is he is better than the alternative. I mean, he could, if I was Trump, I'd say, look, yeah, there's rioting and looting going on. You think it's going to be less if he gets in? So, so that's the thing that he's got going for him. People like Don Lemon just think that if, if Biden gets in, we're good. We'll just do whatever we want, whenever we want. Actually, no, you won't, Don. That's not how it goes. And Lightning, you know what I never have understood here? This is what happens when you have, like, AOC running the party. And if you don't think she is... Who was the first one to go publicly with, we're going to do away with the Electoral College, we need to pack the courts, we need to do everything we can to change all this? It was AOC. Now they're all saying it, but AOC was the first one to say it. And the problem when you have AOC leading you, number one, some people will get confused about how these things happen. Like, that's not the job of the president. He can't just go like that and make... Supreme Court go from 9 to 13, 15, 17, however, however many they're supposed to have on there. You can't just do that. That's number one. Number two, Lightning, you ever have like any sort of conflict with a teacher, with a coach, uh, with a boss? Do you ever tell the boss what you're going to do if you don't get your way? Or no, is the I better... Right. Is the better strategy to maybe keep that to yourself and then, you know, you'll deal with that when it gets there. But everybody knows what I'm going to do. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But you don't say it out loud. Right. They are telling you out loud what they are going to do if they don't get their way. They are not only going to take their ball and go home, they're going to blow the ball up. In theory, I mean, again, there is a thing called the Constitution or as, as Barack Obama once called it, the paper. And so, you know, I guess technically they might have to follow that. But the idea that you're saying this stuff out loud rather than just waiting to see what happens in November is mind boggling. You've put Joe Biden in an awful position by by constantly saying this stuff, because Biden, what is his answer supposed to be to uh, are you going to pack the courts lightning? Well, if you were Joe Biden right now, how would you answer that? If you say, I am not going to pack the courts, and then you get in, and AOC demands that you pack the courts, guess what happens? You're the new Lindsey Graham, where we're going to play this soundbite for you when you do the exact opposite of what you said you wouldn't do. So he can't say that. On the other hand, he can't say, no, I'm not going to pack the courts, because clearly he's considering it. If not, yes, he's going to do it. So what, can, what is Biden left with? Not only am I not going to answer it, I'm going to just talk about something else completely. Again, the problem with that strategy is you can't get away with that forever. Chris Matthew, Chris Wallace, not Chris Matthews, Chris Wallace is going to make Biden answer that question on Tuesday. And the reason why he has to answer it is because the, the far left section of the Democratic Party has put Biden in this box. And so right now they're trying to figure out what is the best answer for Biden. 
And and what's the real problem there, Lightning? It's what I just told Mark Lauder, which is that if you think it's cool for you guys to pack the court if you get a win in November, is it not also cool for those guys to pack the court if they get a win in November? Do they want Trump adding two, four, six Supreme Court justices on the court? Let's say he gets control of the Senate, keeps control of the Senate. Do they want him doing that? Of course they don't. But this is what you're doing when you say this stuff out loud. Why? You know what the answer is, Lightning, in case you're wondering what what all of them should be doing rather than... Because, first of all, how many Democrats actually think that that sort of, you know, fluffing up your tail, pounding on your chest, screaming, I'm going to burn this thing down if you don't do it how I want it. Do you honestly think you're changing any Republican's mind in any way there? As any parent would tell you, you don't ever give the screaming kid what they want because you know what you're going to have the next time? A screaming louder kid. So you can you can never give in to that, for starters. Second of all, they don't agree with you anyway. So it means nothing other than you're just screaming to, you know, the Bernie bros who you already have and who think that way. The correct answer to things like this, Lightning, is they're not going to be in power forever. And, you know, when... When America comes to its senses, if I was a Democrat, is what I'd be saying. If I, when America comes to its senses, hopefully in November, and we get our people in power, we'll deal with things accordingly. And you don't say anything more than that. Instead, they're laying. They cannot help themselves, so they have to say this stuff out loud. And everybody goes, "Well, okay." If you think Trump's being inappropriate here by appointing someone to be RBG's replacement right now. Look what the alternative is. The alternative is if you don't, we're going to pack the court. They always talk about precedent. Well, where's the precedent on that? And how did that go, by the way? When FDR tried to do it? It's it's just crazy. It's nonsense, except that it doesn't matter in 2020 because, sadly, the way politics works now, as long as you're throwing a Molotov cocktail at something, it, then you're in the right. That's how a lot of people in the country look. As long as I'm throwing bombs, I'm lighting a flamethrower, I'm tearing it down, or as Don Lemon said, we got to blow it up. If you're not saying that, you're not woke or you're not invested. And if you are saying that, it doesn't matter how nutty and nonsensical and never going to happen what you're saying is. People go, yeah, man, I hear you. I'm with you. Yes. And so... That, that exchange is really funny, Lightning, because the guy that has to try and be the voice of reason is Chris Cuomo, of all people. Chris Cuomo has to try and talk Don Lemon down, and you saw what happened. Don Lemon's not interested in being talked down by Chris Cuomo. So what does Don Lemon say? Yeah, well, if Biden gets in there, we'll just do it. He goes, well, you got to get Yeah, we'll do it. We can get that done. You can? That would be some trick. This is what passes for political discourse in 2020, man. 617-266-6868. All right, we will talk about Charlie Parker and his education commissioner, what they are trying to make towns do when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. It's VB in the middle. I don't like cannolis. Right? How can I like cannolis? I don't like oh, the cream. My, well, because he's not Italian. That's why. Whenever I eat a you cannoli. You don't have to be Italian. <laughs> I don't I know, like cannoli, but it is a thing. And so every time I bite oh, into a cannoli, I think I'm eating into like a cream horn. 
Ricotta's the gross. Nobody no, wants not. that filling. You, you want a sugar cream filling. Oh, that's why cannolis aren't that good. No, they're the best. No, they're not good. Fantastic. They're not. I'll take a, a Twinkie over a cannoli, to be honest. Okay, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Now, back to everybody's favorite middleman, BB. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lightning, for those that don't know, behind the scenes, Lightning has long asked for a shot caller. Every time I tease a topic before the break and then come back and do something else, she wants to be able to shock me. I- I'm sure a lot yeah. of you want her to have yeah. that power. Oh, yeah. and it's under yeah. discussion, uh, but much, so far we haven't been able to find the financing for it. Yeah. Um, before I get to Charlie Baker and what's going on here in the Commonwealth Light, do you know what's going on in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Lightning? Do tell uh, what's it's just This is just a quick aside, but... Do you know what a naked ballot is? Because naked ballots are happening in Pennsylvania. No, I don't really know. Just like a blank ballot? I don't really the know. The headline I've today out of CBS, for example, is uh, naked ballots may be the new uh, 2020s version of hanging chads. For those that don't aren't old enough, you might be one of them. Lightning back in uh, the Bush-Gore race, hanging chads were these things in Florida where when they did the recount, it looked like somebody had voted for somebody, but they hadn't pushed the thing all the way through. And so people were holding up the ballots, to, or some of them had two things pushed through, and they were trying to figure out who that person actually voted for. And so hanging chads were a thing. How many ballots were hanging chad ballots? And why is it that Gore had so many more hanging chad ballots than Bush? And it became a thing. Naked ballots may indeed be the thing in 2020, because in Pennsylvania, a huge push to do mail-in voting, right? So the way they're doing it in Pennsylvania is they're sending you your ballot, but with your ballot comes not one, but two envelopes. So one envelope is postmarked. That's the thing you're supposed to mail back to the state. The other envelope isn't postmarked. But that's what you're supposed to put your ballot in before you put it in the second envelope. That envelope, that first one, is designed to make sure that your ballot hasn't been tampered with and it proves that there's been secrecy here and only you have handled it because you have sealed it into that first envelope and then you've put it into the second envelope and sent it in. But what Pennsylvania is finding out already, Lightning, is they're getting a ton of what are called naked ballots, which is that... There are people are not using the secrecy envelope. They're just using the postmark envelope. And so the question is, do you count those ballots or not? Because they technically are violating the election procedures. So in other words, when you go into a polling place, when you vote November 3rd, Lightning, if the thing says fill in the circle, 
and you check the circle, your vote's not supposed to count. What it would only count in a uh, in a recount Bush Gore type situation if they can deter- determine definitively that you were specifically voting for that person. But if you don't do it as they tell you, originally your vote's not going to count. The question is, would these naked ballots count? And it looks like the Supreme Court ruled yesterday that they won't count in Pennsylvania. That is the Pennsylvania's highest court. And so now what you could have is thousands of people thinking they're voting early, but actually never voting because they didn't do it properly. Why do I mention all of this lightning? Because this is in Pennsylvania. It's not in Massachusetts, right? Well, what's one of the things Massachusetts is considering on November 3rd? Ranked choice voting. Lightning, I'll give you 30 seconds. Can you explain ranked choice voting to us? No, I can't. It's okay. it's completely, it's, no. First off, I don't even live in Mass, so. <laughs> I no, wasn't there. You? I'm not there. Thank I can't you. comment. Yes, that's your, I, I, you know, look, I wasn't Romney, there when they did it. So. I wasn't there. I'm not a part of it, so I can't comment on it. Ranked choice voting isn't that complicated. But, it just sounds dumb to me. Like, but, you, you have to pick your one, two, and three, and then all, I just, what's the point But then you don't it? know when it counts and yeah. when it means anything and how it means. It's not that complicated, except that, you know what else isn't that complicated? Sending in a mail-in ballot. And what they're telling us in Pennsylvania is they have thousands of voters who aren't capable of doing something as simple as mailing in their ballot properly and yet we're also told in the same breath that they can't do that right. They will be able to fully grasp mail uh, ranked choice voting, and they will be able to do that right. If people don't understand what a bleep show ranked choice voting would be, you are out of your minds. As proof, here's what you got to do, Lightning. Take this piece of paper, stick it in envelope A, and then stick envelope A into envelope B and mail it. People can't do that. They can't do A, B. And yet, they're supposed to, if you have 13 people on a ballot, you're supposed to rank them, depending on how they ever ended up doing this thing, 1 to 13. And how are you supposed to do that? Are you supposed to circle the one you're voting for? Do you write a one next to it? Do you put an X there? And then what do you do with the second person and the third person? And what if you think the third and the fourth person, you don't even care? What if you blank some of them? Like, this is all the stuff that's going to happen with ranked choice voting. If it happens. And yet we're all told that, oh, ranked choice voting is inevitable. It has to be the way it is going forward. Because, you know... You may not get your first choice, but you know you don't want their choice. And we don't want somebody who doesn't get a majority of the vote to be the representative, to be the senator, to be the governor, to be the mayor, the selectman, whatever it is. So if you can't get to the 50%, then we got to go to the ranked choice to put it over 50%. But what you now know definitively is... And I have told you this for years, Lightning, which is why I'm for upping the voting age and why I'm for making people vote in person. Because there ought to be some sort of basic, I want to participate in this. I have done what little I need to do to understand how this works. And if you can't understand something that is so sacred to you, your presidential ballot, if you can't understand how to mail it in based on the way your state wants you to mail it in, what are we doing? And why would we then make voting more complicated when they can't even do that? If Bush Gore proved nothing else to us, it's that the voting populace isn't that smart sometimes. 
We can't make it more complicated for them. That's my current speech on ranked choice voting. I don't want to get too much more into it. But use Pennsylvania as your guide. This would never work. It would only make things more muddled. All right, Lightning, get that shot caller. If I don't talk about Charlie Baker when we come back, hey, you, you can zap me. I hey, promise. You I'm going to. I promise. It's VB. You're in the middle on our camp. Love to talk more about ranked choice voting, but Lightning will not allow it, so we must move on. Thank God. <laughs> well, this is unbelievable what's going on in Massachusetts right now. And we get back to this. No one has ever understood the rules on coronavirus. And the more the people in charge try and let you know that they know what they're doing, the more they show you they don't know what they're doing. And this is really remarkable to me, what's happening in Massachusetts right now. Yesterday, Lightning, the governor and the education commissioner, Jeff Riley, had a little presser, and they announced that there is not one, not two, not three, not four. There is 16 towns in the Commonwealth that they would like to start having in-person learning in their schools. It's not that they would like them to, actually. It's that they are mandating that they do. Why is Charlie Parker doing that, you ask? Well, according to Charlie Parker, those towns are at no risk for coronavirus currently. And as such, they should be having in-person learning in those towns. Plain and simple. Now, this gets a little bit tricky for a number of reasons, and I want to go over these, but ultimately the question is, who gets to make the call on this? Now, let me tell you the 16 towns lightning. Ames, I'll give them to you in alphabetical order because that's how the Herald did it. Amesbury, Bourne, Boxford, East Longmeadow, Gardner, Pittsfield, Provincetown, West Springfield. Nope, they're now out of order. West Springfield, Berkshire Arts and Technology Charter Public School, Hoosick Valley Regional, Gill Montague, Mohawk Trail, Mohawk Trail, Hollamont, uh, Manchester Essex Regional, Belmont, and Watertown. Those are the 16 school districts that the governor is not asking, is telling, you guys got to have at least hybrid in-person learning, if not full-on hybrid learning right now. Right off the bat, Lightning, when I give you those towns, you know what jumps out at me? Well, your town, Boxford? Yes, but and I'll get to that in a second. But So East Longmeadow must have in-person learning, according to the governor. You know who is not on that list? You wouldn't know I, it because I, no, you're not I, a central I don't, man. Yeah, I don't go but up. Here's the key. East Longmeadow, well, Longmeadow has to have – Longmeadow, you're right, West yeah, Longmeadow. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. So somehow the virus knows the boundary there, the town line, and that's that's where we're at. You know, West Longmeadow, East Longmeadow, Longmeadow, it's a little jumbled. And we can do this wherever. So there's this other town there, Lightning, called Boxford. Are you familiar with Boxford? I think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So Boxford is told that it has to have some sort of in-person learning. Now, I happen to live in Boxford, and guess what? I'm in favor of in-person learning. We've been talking about this for quite a while now. Oh, but yeah. if Boxford offered it, I would 
not only send my kids, I would put them on the school bus. I would have them participate in after-school activities. I will have them do whatever the schools offer, and I am fully in favor of that. However, Boxford has voted on their selectmen, their education board, and then as part of the Tritown, Topsfield, Middleton, Boxford Learning District, they have decided, at least on the uh, sixth grade and under, because that's what we have in Boxford, that we're not doing that, eighth grade and under. We're not doing that. We're, we're doing full-on remote, which is why two of my four kids right now are staring at a laptop and have been for several hours. But you know what's interesting about Boxford having to do it, Lightning? What? You know who's on the opposite spectrum of that list? It's the next town over from us. It's two miles from my house is Lawrence. Well, yeah, yeah. Not only can Lawrence, not only is Lawrence not being asked to have in-person learning, they're being told you cannot have it. But somehow me living two miles away not only can have it, but they're telling us we must have it. So what do you think about them trying to mandate this and say you have to have it? Are you for or against that? Well, here's what the mayor of Amesbury said in today's Herald, and you tell me. We were consistently told by the commissioner and the governor all summer that each district would be trusted to make the best decisions for our teachers, our students, and our communities. We had to develop several plans, but in the end, we were to make the best decision for our towns. Now we're not allowed to do that. Does that not make sense? I get what they're saying, but at the same time, like some of these towns out in uh, Western Central Mass that I've never really heard of, no offense, I really don't know them. If I've never heard of them and a lot of other people maybe in the, gen- you know, I can assume that they don't have as many cases as, say, Boston. Okay, so why are okay, they not doing matter. in-person learning? But it doesn't matter. Why is Boston? Boston's, well, who said they're at any heightened risk? They're not in the red. Look at the map. Again, you have to be in the well, white clearly. on the map. But but do you know why do you know why this is all laughable? It's it's laughable for a number of reasons. One of them though is I'll use Dedham as the example because this came up a week ago. Uh, let's use Sudbury for example. Sudbury was going to do what we now know a little bit more in this case. Sudbury, Lincoln Sudbury was going to have in-person learning and then a couple of days before they were set to do it uh some kids had a party. And guess what they're not doing, Lightning? In-person learning. But you know what's weird about that? They've had no known coronavirus cases since that party. So if Sudbury and Lincoln were in... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. In the white, 
before that party, they are currently still in the white. You would think then that Charlie would be telling them they have to have in-person learning. But instead, no, they're not being ordered to, even though nothing has changed. This is the problem when you look at a piece of paper and then make decisions on it. Charlie hasn't been to Boxford. If he had, I would know about it. Charlie hasn't been to Boxford. Charlie's telling Boxford what to do. But he hasn't been here. He doesn't know. Maybe and he what feels would Charlie like, like missing out. The kids are missing but, out by in-person learning. You know, maybe whatever. he feels like they're missing out and they need to be in school. And some of these communities are not doing what he wishes they would do. I know it's micromanaging to the extreme. It, that's bingo. That's it. It Thank is. You. It is. And there's no doubt about that, that it is. It's, it's micromanaging and it's also changing on the fly. All summer, they kept giving guidance and they kept trying to put things off and they kept trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? But at the end, it's your call to make. It's your decision. So then these towns make their decision. And what does Charlie say? No, you're absolutely going to do it. And by the way, if you think this is some sort of idle threat, did you read the Herald article, Lightning? They're talking about auditing the towns that don't comply. So wow. my town could get audited now by the governor's office if we don't immediately go to in-person learning. Do you know why in my – I can only speak to my town. I can't speak to Amesbury, East Longmeadow, Mohawk, et cetera. I can't go to, through everyone. But I, I know my town enough that I can help the governor understand why we're all laughing at him. Do you know why my town doesn't have in-person learning right now, Lightning? I don't it's know, a, honestly. I don't. It's a stupid reason, actually. But do you know why? Because we don't have the proper air filtration systems in our school ah. buildings, supposedly. That's what a lot of them are saying, actually. Right. You're not alone so, in that. Well, do you know why they're saying that? Because they were told that by the government. And now that same government is telling them, get, get, get the kids in there. But we don't have the stuff that you told us a month ago we had to have. So this is where it's just nonsense, and it's mind-boggling. Consistently, they have told us how they were going to make decisions, and then when we got here, we acted according to their guidance, and we made decisions, and now we're being told, not asked, not recommended, we're being told we have to have in-person learning, and if we don't, we could get audited. Is that how you want your government to run? Is that how you want your government to be? And the problem with all of it, and the reason why I am critical of Charlie and have been throughout all of this, is nobody asked you to be Mr. Micromanager, and nobody gave you ultimate authority over everybody at all times. What you should have done, Charlie, from the beginning, and you knew this, but you couldn't help yourself, is you should have put out guidance, and then you should have strongly encouraged people to follow the guidance. It's the reason why you didn't do a mask mandate statewide. Number one, you didn't think it would be constitutional. But number two, you knew that wasn't what a Republican believes in. You don't jam something down somebody's throat and tell them they're eating a five-course meal. And now they're doing that with schools two weeks into it, or in our case, Lightning, three days into it. Three days into remote learning, they're now trying to order our school system to go against what they decided based on their own guidance from the state. Now they're telling us we have to do it the way that we didn't decide. And if we don't, 
there are going to be consequences to that. So here's my question for you, 617-266-6868. Lightning seems to think that Charlie has a point here, which is you can't let schools just do whatever they want for as long as they want. I'm telling you this is insane based on Charlie's own guidance. What's going on in your school system? And if you live in one of these 16 districts, I'd love to hear from you as well. 617-266-6868. We'll take some calls when we come back. I promise. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. It's VB in the middle. I think men do have the poop shame. I don't think this idea that sure. men are walking in going, like it's the Wild West. We kick open the saloon doors. <laughs> that it's and fat bastards from Austin Powers sitting down. Right. I don't, I don't think that's going on anymore. Hey, diaper lady. <laughs> now, back to everybody's favorite middleman, VB. So, we're talking about this situation in Massachusetts, and it's funny because... <laughs> it's funny because it's sad, actually, Lightning, but 16 school districts are being told by the state that they have to have some version of in-person learning. Uh, and they have to lay out a plan immediately for getting kids back in the classroom. And if they don't, guess what? There are going to be consequences for that, including you may be audited by the state. I'm asking you, is this what you want? Is this how you want our coronavirus situation handled, number one? Number two, would this make any sense in your town or in your school district? And then more importantly, what is going on in your school district right now? Even Boston is now back uh, second day today. How's it going? Lightning, we were at, you were asking me during well, two-part thing. Number one, the irony in all of this is I couldn't be more in favor of in-person learning, but the way Charlie Baker is trying to make my kids yeah, have in-person learning is just absolute bonkers. Well, see, that's what's interesting to me because you're the one who's like all for in-person learning, but at the same way you're like, but not in the way he's gone about it. That's I'm just because thinking he you're told like, us, hey, let's take whatever we can get. If he's for it, then fine. Let's do it, you know? But how can you tell people all year, like, we're going to give you the guidance, but ultimately oh, people yeah. got to make what's best, the decisions that's best for them. But you're not doing it right, so I got to step in. Like, I, yeah. I, I it was Then you didn't make the decision that we wanted, which, by the way, I, he was pretty late to the party. Lightning, do you remember looking at this map back in July that Charlie has of the each town and the what red. color they are? Yeah, and the white. Do you remember that back in July? Yeah, I No, do. you don't, actually. You know why you don't why remember? Don't because remember he didn't it. have it. He didn't have it then. Well, when was this it? This is November, new. Uh, uh, August? August? Oh, okay. We'll see. This yeah, is okay. new where Seems you, like you didn't have ago. this back in May. So when you were originally laying out guidance for what your school district would do, there was no map. Charlie up and out of nowhere comes up with this color-coded map thing, yellow, orange, white, green. But before he had the map, there was a different set of operating standards. Then he invents this map thing, which can change in a day. Look at Worcester two weeks ago. Worcester was having in-person learning and fall sports. Then the next day, no, you're not, because now you're at risk. It changes like that. But Charlie has become obsessed with this map now. And unless you do what that map says, you're going to pay. So, yeah, I want in-person learning. But you told my the officials that run my town school, you told them how they should be making their decisions. And they made their decisions based on your guidance. And now you're telling them they're making the wrong decision. And if they don't correct it, you are going to punish them. This can't be how it is. And the idea, Lightning, that you're going to say, 
hey, you, you figure out what it's going to be. And so then we figure out what it's going to be. And then three days into it, you're telling me you better you better be ready to switch that immediately. By the way, my, my town has a plan, Lightning. Again, I hate the plan. But my town's plan is we're going to wait till <laughs> currently we're going to wait till the week before November to have in-person learning. Fine. Uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I should say. So that is our plan. Is that not acceptable enough for you? The reason why they're waiting that long is we were told that's how long it's going to take to get this air purifying, better circulation in the actual physical building to get that up to code. So if it's going to take that long, why would our plan change in any way? While none of us love it, I'm actually going nuts with the remote learning, and I would love it if tomorrow my kids were on a bus. That'd be great. Um... The plan was we had to wait eight weeks. So what's the problem with us waiting eight weeks? The problem now is apparently we might get audited. 617-266-6868. What is the situation in your town and with your school district with how this is going? And by the way, when do you think it might change? So the other thing Lightning and I were talking about during the break is, how's it going here, Lightning? Funny you should ask. I was talking to somebody this morning about this. Uh, my mother-in-law was here yesterday. She got to see it, and then I was talking to a friend of a friend. Do you know what remote learning is like in our house, Lightning? Chaos, crazy. We have four kids, Hell. okay? Yep. We have four kids. Two of them are doing remote learning. Two of them are too young to do it. Yeah. One of them could technically, but it would be it's silly, and it's not worth the effort and the money. So she, the third, my third daughter, uh, second daughter, third child is yep. not. And then my two-year-old obviously is not. At all, she's not? Like, not even no, like a once-a-week check-in? She's not enrolled she's not in anything. anything. No. no. There's no what would be the point of a once-a-week. Was, was she supposed to? Like, did she, she could, last year? She could do preschool remotely and or some sort of hybrid in. But the reason why much. we didn't do that is because we were afraid, not afraid, we were thinking that, if there is indeed a second wave, you know, we're going to pay for her to go. And then one month in, they're going to say, no, she's not going, yeah. but you've already paid. So we'll figure up some cockamamie thing to justify. Yeah. And, you kind of lose and so we're money. like, just forget it. Yeah. It's not, it's not worth it because we figure they're going to shut this thing down at some point. Oh yeah. Anyway. Makes sense. I get it. But, but here's the problem lightning. Here's the way I would describe remote learning in my house. You ever see the movie Goodfellas? Yes, I have. You remember that ending scene? Yeah. Henry Hill's trying to make that sauce. Yeah. But then Henry Hill's running out trying to figure out if the package has been delivered, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then Henry Hill's looking up over his house and he's seeing helicopters fly over. And then Henry Hill's wife is screaming and yelling at him. And Henry Hill's trying to control all of this while also trying to get that sauce right. And then guess what happens as he's trying to do it? It's all crumbling around him and he doesn't know it. That's what remote learning is like. You have all these different things going on that aren't connected, and you can't control all of them at the same time. It is too much. And as I told my wife this morning, we're just waiting for them to come and take us away. I don't know <laughs> and we how we would be you... like Henry Hill. We'd be in the back going, I... damn, I think that sauce was going to be good, but you know what? My life is going to be a lot calmer now damn, I don't because know. I can't do that chaos anymore. I don't know how you do it with the four kids uh, and then you wife. trying to do – I don't know how you, you – in general, your household does it. I mean, that is mind-boggling to me. I can only imagine one or two, but four? On oh that level, God. I'm sympathetic to Charlie Baker. In that oh Charlie goodness, is, yeah. people are saying you got to do something, Charlie. And so Charlie has tried the best he could to figure out solutions here. The problem is 
you can't be everything to everybody and you can't be everybody's dad and you can't make all the decisions because if you do, you're going to screw it up. And Charlie has found this out. You can't. Similarly with us, as I've told my wife 1,000 times and what we talked about last week is if you're a parent in any way like a situation that I have, just know you're going to fail. When you wake up that morning, know you're going to fail at least one of your kids, probably all of them, and that's okay. At the end of it, just go, well, tried. We'll do it again tomorrow. And you hope that the kids get some sort of value out of whatever it is they're supposed to be doing, and then you try somehow, some way to get the kids that aren't doing it to learn something at some portion of the day. But more often than not, forget that. It isn't going to happen. It's all going to crumble. The question is, how much can you do before it crumbles? Every day. Yesterday, we had a win. Today, it's going so-so, last I checked. Tomorrow will be another day, and then another day, and then another day. And that's how it goes. And every day, you just go, oh, somehow we've survived it. I don't know that that was healthy for anybody. But what else can you do? And now we're told, by the way, after we bought all this electronic equipment, Lightning, we're told that our town shouldn't even be doing this, even though the reason why we're doing it is because we were told that was the decision-making we should have. And this is how screwed up 2020 is on all levels. Oh, and by the way, the CDC is telling me we shouldn't have trick-or-treating in my town. So we can have in-person learning, but not trick-or-treating? Really? This is how much the government knows and how much they get it, and these are the decisions that they're making. No sense. It makes no sense. All right, let's get a quick check of headlines. It's 2 o'clock, 60 seconds, right back at it here on RKO. But on the other hand, I think people should lose their thin skins. Yes. VB. I mean, I think people should just be a little bit less sensitive. Yes. It's VB in the middle. And to realize that, you know, if everybody were perfect, everybody would say everything in a way that caused nobody uh, harm. But, you know, everybody's not perfect. Correct. On WRKO. Hour number three of VB in the middle on AM 680 WRKO, if you can believe it. Uh, what is it Hank Williams Jr. used to say, Lightning? Are you ready for some football? I'll add the word talk to the end of that. Are you ready for some football talk? Because, yeah, we're going to talk a little football here. Two things that have uh, gone on over the last 24 hours. Number one, Lightning, did you see the Bob Kraft update? That he most likely will not, well, basically the charges will be dropped. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to put that, that another way? You you tell me. You can probably do it. See, hey, look, we have a uh, we have a text line. We have it for a reason. Seven zero four seven zero. If you would like to text in your Bob Craft headline today, you can have at it. Lightning may or may not read those later. But I'll read them. I'm just not contributing. Bob well, depending Kraft, if they're how they are worded. <laughs> How long has this been going on? God, it feels like forever. Doesn't it feel like 10 years? Yes. It's been a year and a half, but... It's been that, that only that much? Lake forever, the question has been whether the video was going to be allowed or not. And finally, the high court in Florida ruled yesterday that that video is not admissible. So even though we've seen it, Lightning, much to our own demise, much to our own, oh God, I can't unsee that. People that would be sitting in the jury in a Bob Kraft case, if somehow this ever got to that, they would not be allowed to see that. And without that video, the, the state has nothing. So Bob, all they've got is Bob Kraft being pulled over, having left that area. But you can't possibly know 
what went on in that room. Bob Kraft isn't going to testify to it, and it would not appear that the woman that was in that room is going to testify to it either. Without either of those things, you have no case. And so it hasn't happened officially yet, but everybody says they are going to drop the charges against Bob Kraft. And that case, do you remember the day that happened, Lightning? Yes, I do. I remember That grandstanding prosecutor... First of all, he acted like he had dotted every I and crossed every T, and this was a slam dunk. And he also told us there were more names and bigger names than Bob Kraft, which there were not. I remember And that, that. this wasn't about Bob Kraft. This was about Chinese sex trafficking. Remember that? Yeah, I remember all of this. All of this stuff. None of it. None of it turned out to be true. And what you end up with is there's 20 guys that you're still holding out hope that you can get them, and now all of those cases are going to be dropped because the video is inadmissible in the end anyway. And so what was the point of any of that? How much time, energy, and money was spent on this? And what do you get in the end? You get nothing and like it. You don't get one. All you get... And and to every one of those poor guys that pled these things out because they just wanted it to go away, man, now you're looking at it going, damn it. If I had just put my name on Kraft's thing, it would have never happened. I could have just denied, 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 and eventually it would have gone away. Did you ever think they were going to get him on this? Because I had my doubts. That first week I I did, yes. No, I did. They made I've, it seem like we're all he's got he we're, we got him like they made it seem like that, and I I don't know. I mean, I guess the first week how I could thought you they not had him, it? and the the follow up question, Lightning, and I, it looks like several of you want to talk about this, so we can take some calls on it because Lightning demands it. You can make a pun about it if you'd like. I got a couple coming in already here. Fire away. And actually, some of these were even headlines already. Uh, let's see, six one seven Bob Craft gets off. Not yet, it appears, though, yeah. Next one, uh, 781, happy ending for Kraft. Not yet, but it certainly looks like it. Uh, 603, a crafty ending. That one's like, okay, sure, yes. I'll, I'll allow all of these. Like, that's they what don't we got have so to be far. sexual in nature. But yeah, there's there's several others that I've heard, and... It doesn't take a genius to figure them out, but yeah. it's it's the thing. One of the thing. One of the questions I'm going to ask you, and I will ask you right now, Lightning, to start it off is: Do you have any sympathy for Bob Kraft here? No. I mean, Bob Kraft no. was publicly shamed for something that he's never going to be officially charged with. Bob Kraft had oh, to well. actually, you know, he had to make an appearance. He had to have a lawyer make an appearance for him. They had to file court fees. Oh, well, yeah. They had to spend a lot of money, but in the end, the charges are going to be dropped and. This is all about yes, nothing, okay. and yet Bob Kraft had to be publicly shamed, and we all got to see a video of Bob Kraft as a single man, technically. So okay, uh, I do in have a some, in a yeah. massage parlor, yeah. giving hugs and then well, maybe requesting some request. weird things. So whether you agree with it or not, I mean that's his choice to make. So I mean I don't, I do have some sympathy that he had to go through this whole ordeal, and in the end it was just like a big. I don't say nothing, Burger. I know there was something there, but they can't charge him on anything. So I do kind of feel bad about – I have some sympathy for him, yes. That's ultimately the question. Do you feel yeah. bad for Bob Kraft yeah, now knowing that this was nothing? And there was always the question that if his name was uh, Tim Kraft, would any of this happen? 
Or was this just about getting a big-name celebrity so that a prosecutor could make a name for himself? The latter. I was the guy who did that. The latter, for sure. So, do you have any sympathy for Bob Kraft? 617-266-6868. Let's go to the phones. John's in Nashua. John, start us off on this one here on RKO. Hey, VB, I, I was talking to your, your guy on the phone. I said, I've never texted before to someone, so I don't know how to do it. There's my ignorance when it comes to years of Catholic schooling. I can barely use a computer. But all I could think of was the jokes that you were telling were good, but all I could think of was, well, I guess the prosecution's pulling out on this one. Wow, all I hear is crickets and, and John, weeds blowing. No, I'm smiling. Yeah. I'm smiling, John. I, okay. Can I add one in on this? Because I don't think anyone else is going to have this one, Lightning. Sometimes when you are arrested, sometimes when you're arrested, there's a procedure for, before they let you out. But in this case, it doesn't appear that there will be any discharge papers. Ah, Not bad, Shecky. Not bad. <laughs> have a good day, guys. Thank you, John. 617-266-6868. This may be our last time, Lightning. I guess the day they officially drop the charges, but it might be tonight. Uh, other than that, I don't think we'll ever do the Bob Craft stuff again. By the way, Lightning, do you remember the name of the place? Oh, uh, Orchids of Asia. See? Think about all the things that you should remember. Names of presidents, names yep, of bills, yep. Supreme Court cases, you know, relatives, like birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, all that. All right. I know the anniversary <laughs> dates of my family. That'll I'm, change unlike as you, you get older. Unlike you, no, I'm That'll a woman. Change. I'm a woman. <laughs> no, it'll change. Think of all the things that you wish you could remember, but one thing you'll never forget is the name of the spa that Bob Kraft went um, to. It's just a fascinating story. I'm also interested in human interest cases and stories way more than some other Let's stuff. do it again. Ready? Lightning, do you, the, do you know the name of the uh, general that was running the British Army during the Revolutionary War? VB, I wasn't there, so Lightning, I can't comment on that. Do you know the name that. of the spa that Bob Kraft was at? <laughs> yeah, Orchids of Asia. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. And you are all my, of us, Lightning. That is exactly how my mind works in terms of pop culture and human interest. And I know <laughs> that, that but I don't know that other thing. You know? Huh. Can you name a Supreme Court justice? No. Can you tell Elena me who won Kagan. the last three? But in theory, can you name the last okay. three American Idol uh, winners? Yes, of course. No, I don't follow that show, actually, surprisingly. But if you Dancing said maybe the, the voice. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But that's what we do. Russ is in Boston. Russ, you're next here in RKO. Any sympathy for Kraft, Russ? Go, Bob. Go. Give it a hell. Good luck while you can. And he should get a multi-million dollar contract with Viagra. Bob Joe can't do it anymore. I don't think Bob – I don't know definitively. I mean, I know there are no fans at the Patriots game, so they're losing money and some – you know, they're, they're not making as much money in these games as they normally be. So there's a revenue shortfall. That would be one way he could make it up. He could do the Viagra if necessary, Russ. I don't think he's going to do that. I'll but... aside, I'm happy for him. This was a scam from the beginning, and they should have left him alone. I mean, ultimately what this gets to, Russ, is we – the legalized prostitution, like, are you in favor of that or not? If you are, you VB, think... if someone that spent almost two years in Germany, um, I, and I'm a practicing Roman Catholic at the same time, believe me, they don't have anywhere near the problems there that we do in this country. It's a thing about, you know... Do you want the government in your bedroom? Do you want the government in your pants, for lack of a better term? But I... It, 
If a woman no. or a man or a non-gendered lightning, for that matter, is willing to offer a service for a price, should they be allowed to do so? I'm still a no on that, but I'm a Puritan, and, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those 1620 guys. I think more and more, if if this was ever on a ballot, I, I'm pretty sure it would pass almost anywhere. I would think it would pass here. I would, hey, I would, BB, it might pass by 70-80%. I would think. And I would think it would pass across the country. I, it's one of those things no one ever wants to like lead the charge on it, but secretly everybody, I think, not everybody, but a large majority are like, yeah, you know what, if two people want to do that, let them do it. I don't love it. I wouldn't, but I recognize that I'm in the minority on this. Seth is in Quincy. Seth, I'm going to give you the last word on this one. Hey, Seth. Uh, oh, first, uh, uh, Lightning, why the long face? Uh, that's a callback to the great horse puns that you can find on Twitter at BB the Wise in case you oh. want to. Thank you, In Seth, case I that didn't so see true. the 30 notifications on that one, you're right. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, but if you also, also, if you remember that uh, Florida DA had suspended this case for a few months, I think it was towards the end of the, uh, last year because uh, Kraft's uh, attorneys had raised eyebrows on whether the, the way they had conducted this was legal. And I believe that this was some a way that they had also done this on multiple cases. So they wanted to double down, cross their T's, dot their I's. And even though they had suspended it, and I believe they started going after Kraft again in like January or February, Bob Kraft comes out in the end. Lighting, where's the rim shot? Come on. I mean, if you, that, that, that is a better one than some people know, Seth, because not everybody knows all of this case. But, yes, there you go. I, I appreciate that. Whether Lightning does or not, I can't speak to it. But uh, let's move on. There is another story in football. The Las Vegas Raiders played their first ever home game last night. You know who wasn't there? Fans. But I'm going to ask you a question about you and what you've been to when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. It's VB in the middle. Uh, Rinny is in Danvers. Rinny, you're next on RKO. I'm actually in Georgetown right now. I'm driving home from work. Up on 133? 97. 97. There you go. <laughs> yeah, how are you? Pretty good. I used, I used to watch you on Fox 25. Good man. I miss it. I'm a, I'm a girl, actually. I just have a drunk voice. Now, back to everybody's favorite middleman, VB. That is your favorite rejoiner. Yes, lighting. it is. My favorite one might be the guy saying, what's your favorite ice cream flavor, Lightning mm-hmm. Tutti Fruity? Yeah. You know why I mentioned that today? <laughs> Isn't it Ice Cream Day or National Ice Cream Cone Day? National Ice Cream Cone Day, Lightning. Nicely done. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Pardon the pun here, but food for thought. Mm. We're not going to take calls on this, but quickly uh, just kick this around for five seconds. Since it is National Ice Cream Cone Day Lightning, if I told you you could have... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply have one scoop of ice cream on a cone right now from anywhere in the world where would it be from and what would it be that is on that cone i would want campfire s'mores in a waffle cone from the barn in methuen that's my favorite i just think you you should have an answer to that i do that's my answer and again, my answer today would be different tomorrow and different Sunday. Like, yeah. But but I think the reason I, I asked this on Twitter earlier and my answer on Twitter was also I said, you know, here's a question and I'll start. I would say probably if you ask me that. I would like a scoop of bananas foster on a sugar cone from the Creole Creamery in New Orleans. Why do Ooh. I say that? Because mm. I've never had it. When we went to New Orleans, we, we couldn't get to that place, and we'd seen a thing on TV about it a while ago, and the way it just looked. To have Bananas Foster ice cream in New Orleans, yep, would love it. So that would be the one I would say. Is it my favorite flavor of all time? I've never had it. I don't even know you if it's good. Want it. But that's the one that I would take. Nothing so what would be that? your flavor, no. and where would it be from if you could go anywhere hmm. in the country? A lot of people, like my brother teaches at Penn State, a lot of people love the peach that they have at the uh, creamery on campus there. It's a huge deal. I, I'm not as big a fruit guy when it comes to ice cream. So, But there's just there's so many places in the country and so many good flavors. Yeah. What would you do? And will you get a cone today, Lightning, since so, it's National Ice Cream Cone Day? Maybe. I thought about it. Two questions here, okay? This is kind of like a would you, what do you prefer, would you rather type deal. Okay, sugar cone, regular yeah. sugar cone, sugar. or waffle cone? The, the problem with the waffle cone is, like, I try not to eat ice cream, period. But when I do, which is not often, but when I do, I try to limit the intake. Mm-hmm. The waffle cone ensures Big. you're getting a pint of ice cream in there. Yeah. I just like the flavoring of the waffle cone better. I, I mean, do, I like too, both, but it's but... so big. I know. I and know. That is my deal. you feel like you've got to have some sort of extras with it, and it just becomes like a 10,000 calorie Well, that's thing. my meal. That's not even dessert. It's like, that's what I'm having for dinner because I can't eat the, you know, anything else. No, you have the right order. It goes waffle cone, sugar cone, then that generic plain thing that mm-hmm. isn't even food, mm-hmm. but we eat it because it holds the cone. So the and other one, freeze. and I already know the answer to this, I think, based on what you just Sprinkles. said. Sprinkles. No, I'm not, <laughs> not, ta- I'm not going with the da- I'm not going with that argument again. I'm talking about fruit ice cream or on the candy sweet flavoring well everybody would choose the candy always but well some people like the fruit better as i've gotten older i have gotten a little more the needle has moved a little bit in the direction of that i flavors that i used to scoff at as a kid why would i have maple walnut oh my gosh you honest honestly are you reading the text line right now because you just read my mind about what i was just gonna say 781 says maple walnut ice cream in a sugar cone or bowl. Is that my mom texting? Because that's her favorite flavor is maple walnut. Why would you ever get maple walnut if you could get like uh, Willy Wonka explosion? Some people that's don't like the candy. Here, or a candy store floor. At, uh... Yeah, I've been meaning to try that at Mad Mag. Uh, Mad Maggie's. Yeah, yeah, Mad Maggie's. Like... 
I've it's got it's everything great. in it. Why wouldn't you? The best ice cream flavor I think I ever had was uh, Ben and Jerry's had a thing called, there was two of them, Nutty Waffle Cone, which you would love is a chocolate-covered waffle cone. With oh, I chocolate would. Swirl, like whatever. And then they had Chubby Hubby, which was <laughs> chocolate-covered pretzels, oh. non-parels, and some other thing. It was basically like concession obsession. Oh, my God, But yeah. with chocolate-covered pretzels. How do you, how, why would you ever take a fruit flavor over one of those? I don't know. Why would you? On rare occasion, you want to just mix it up. You get a really good lemon one, for example, and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go there. Never but it's a general rule. You're not doing that. You're going You're going for the candy. I have always. never had lemon ice cream. I've done oh. lemon Italian ice. We talk about the Italian mm-hmm. ice, but I don't do lemon ice. I've never even heard. I don't even ever seen lemon ice cream, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a place in uh, Jamaica Plain, I think it is, that does it. it Not J.P. Licks. No, no, no. It's a bowling alley slash ice cream place. And oh. They make a lemon ice cream that's phenomenal. Oh, they did I it would at least like 10 that. years ago. I like lemon. I you would, can find I just, it. You know. So, Lightning, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I know we, we're going to take a break in a minute. But last night, Monday Night Football, the Raiders beat the Saints. A bit of an upset for one, but what's more significant is <laughs> – that was the first NFL game ever played in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Raiders moved last year from Oakland to Las Vegas, and it was the first ever game there. What's particularly interesting about it, Lightning, is usually when a team has a first game, that's the hardest ticket to get. Everybody wants to be there, packed house. There were no fans allowed because Nevada is one of those states that's we're not going to allow them. And so while everybody there wanted to see the Raiders, nobody got to see them in person. Nobody. Completely empty stadium. And it got me to thinking, like my brother, I have a brother, one of my brothers is a hardcore Raider fan, who I bet under different circumstances would have gone to that game. He's flown out to Oakland for years, every year, once a year, to see them play. He would have tried to have gone to that game last night if he could. And he couldn't. And what happened last night is a memory for 80,000-plus people probably is gone forever because of coronavirus rules. And for 16,000 people, which is what they should have had there but they didn't, that memory is gone forever. And it got me to thinking – so here's what I want to do. 617-266-6868. What is the best game you ever went to live in person? Now what's the best game you ever saw on TV? Uh, we all saw Fisk get, you know, waving the home run fair. But that was on TV for most of us. What was the best game you ever saw in person, and why was that the thing for you? 617-266-6868. And while I was at the World Series clinching game, Lightning, back in 04. I was technically working there, and it was a weird set of circumstances. So, yes, it was awesome to be there historically. But for me, the best game I ever saw in person was when I was a kid, Doug Flutie's senior year at BC. We went to see them. It was either his junior or his senior. I think it was his senior year. We went to see BC play Alabama at Foxborough Stadium, uh, which was then called Schaefer Stadium, and uh, now Gillette. Uh, it was the old stadium, but it was the first time they were allowing BC to play there because there was so much interest in them because of Flutie. And my mom and a friend took us down there to see that game. And we ended up leaving in the third quarter because it was so cold and it was raining so hard and we were literally freezing. 
that like we we cannot do this anymore and we had to listen to the end of the game when bc came back and won it we had to listen to it on the radio as we were driving home on route two but i would always say that that was the best game i was ever at in person because of the circumstances of it because i just couldn't believe i was there so 617-266-6868 what is the best game college pro maybe it was one of your kids games whatever what was the best athletic competition you ever saw in person or the most memorable for you? We do this because no Raider fans got to see their first ever game in Las Vegas last night. We'll take your calls when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. So we're asking you, what was the best game you ever saw in person? Because all Raider fans across the country couldn't go to Vegas last night to watch the Raiders in person. It was an empty stadium because of coronavirus. So they missed out on a memory that they would have had forever. What was the one that you did get to go to that you're like, man, I still remember it like it was yesterday because it was fantastic. Adam is in the car. Adam, you're next here on WRKO. Hey, hey, VB. Hey, Adam. Best game I saw in person, 2011 Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Game 7 Conference Finals. Oh, that is really nice. First of all, how'd you get the tickets? Uh, my uncle surprised me. He called me at work and said, uh, we, you need to leave soon. I'm like, where are we going? He goes, we're going to the game. And when people say that, people that are younger than us, when people say, you know, oh, you know, nothing shook like the old garden, that game <laughs> with seven minutes left, that, I thought the roof was going to come off that place. Man, that is a good one. That's another thing going on right now. Like Adam, Lightning could actually have gone to a game in Tampa in the Stanley been. Cup final. I have. Well, but I've it, been to the, the Cup finals, Lightning. I've and been yet to, you can't do it now because of this. Not in the finals. I've went to uh, the <laughs> conference uh, back, what the heck was it, 2011, game six, I believe, against Bruins and Lightning. No, 2006, 2011. 2011, yeah, no. game, game six. six yeah. 2011. Yeah, I was down there in Tampa, and it was like unbelievable. It wasn't as game unbelievable was as Game Seven, Adam. You oh, won. I know, there. I know. You were—that's—that's—that's that's, that's awesome. Other than marrying to... my wife, other than marrying my wife and the birth of my two kids, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Did you ever repay that with your uncle? Oh, you always repay something from your uncle. You're always in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, Adam. Much appreciated. That's the way to start it cool. off. I wasn't even thinking hockey lightning, but man, that's that that's a- the only one for me that I can think of. The game that I was at that I remember was back in 2011, Game Six against the the Lightning and Bruins down there in Tampa. I so happened to be down there, and my husband's like, "Hey." Let's uh, see if we can go over to Tampa and go to that game. And, like, luckily we were able to get tickets on the fly, like, down there. Because it wasn't Tampa. <laughs> well, yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, – and I, it was crazy. I was the only one at the time wearing yellow. Ironically, I know. Me and my husband we were, were the only Boston. ones rooting for Boston. It was uh, – you're all in. You've turned. You've sold out. I got a lot of heckling that day. 617-266-6868. Max is in Chelmsford. Max, you're next on RKO. Hey, VB, hey, I worked in a liquor store. Hello? Yeah, got you. Go. Sorry. I worked in a liquor store in Lincoln, Nebraska when I was in school. <laughs> it's you, Max. I remember you. There was a guy. There was a one-legged guy named guy, something. <laughs> Four-fingered Frank, thank you. Four-fingered Frank, that's <laughs> it. one-legged guy. However. The guy, VB. We, we were right on campus, near campus, and we had six home games a year. Two of them, I didn't have to work after the game, so I could have adult beverages at the game. And so the best game was one of those games. 
It was Oklahoma State versus the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska was le- uh, behind 3 nothing in the fourth quarter, and the running back named, believe it or not, Wonderful Mons scored the touchdown with less than 10 seconds, and the Huskers won 7-3. to it was Back the then? Exciting. Back then? I mean, was Nebraska, like, in the top 10 then? Because usually they always were in the 70s. They had been national champ two years before that. And I was a freshman the year after that. And uh, it was pretty exciting being a student at the, at the university at those days. And uh, but I don't mean to be flip about it, Max, but I'm almost I'm almost surprised you remember it based on how much the party must have been after the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I lost a few brain cells there in that game, I'm sure. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one, man. I didn't think we were going Oak State, Nebraska, but I get it. I mean, Lightning, you don't even know. You, Lightning's about the New, a New England girl, Max. She doesn't know the cult that college football is in other parts of the country. I don't. In no, Nebraska no. in the 70s, my God, that was everything. They, it's still a cult. They have sold out every game since 1962, literally every game, and it's still going. And they've been terrible for the last 20 years. They have. And I'm no, still in the no I love oh. my Huskers. Max, good call. I appreciate it. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty. I used to love BC growing up. My both my parents went to BC, and then I, I root for BC all the time. And so I went to a lot of BC football games. One of my one of my welcome to the United States moments, and what I mean by that is that Massachusetts isn't always the country. First time I visited my brother when he moved to Charlotte, we went to a North Carolina Clemson football game, and I was like, what the holy hell is this? Because that was not BC football, the way they do it down south. It was just a whole nother world. These Clemson fans, that was back then. They weren't even that good. They were psycho. I'd never seen anything like it. I've still never been to an SEC football game. I can't only imagine what that's like. See, I wish I went to, I mean, yeah, I went to Curry. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And so forth. But I wish I went to it. Sometimes I think to myself, I wish I went to a, a bigger like football type of college with eh. that, the whole atmosphere and the just because I would probably be really into it. You sound like Olivia Jade now. I mean, I do want to be there for Saturdays. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why she wanted to go to USC. That's all. I just she want to party. It. That's why I want to go. She told you. Oh, God. Yeah, she wanted to have a USC banner in her house. She didn't want to go to school. She wanted to have, take funny. classes. This, remember the second she enrolled, she went on vacation. Her and some friends yeah. were on a 
remote island somewhere when the first week of school was happening. And then she's no longer enrolled there, of course. But 617-266-6868, what was the best game you ever saw in person? Uh, Chris is in Malden. Chris, you're next here in RKO. Hey, BB. How's it going, man? Hey, Chris. Hey, uh, 1987, it was a very forgotten Red Sox season. The year before, they go to the World Series. But in 87, they were, you know, dwelling near the cellar. Clemens was trying to go get a second Cy Young, and he started off really slow that year. But he, you know, pulled it together the second half of the year, and he, they're pitching against the Yankees, like his last home start of the season. And the place is absolutely electric. I'd never felt this energy before at Fenway. And he went the whole nine, and, like, the final, like, three outs, I think he got two strikeouts in the final three batters, including the end of the game, and the place you would have thought it was a playoff game. It was absolutely bonkers. And this was with a team that was like in fifth place at the time. But that was the kind of energy that Clemens starts used to have back then. I I saw several in 86, Chris. I think I saw three or four Clemens starts. And then I saw a couple of oil can Boyd ones too. But you're so re- I saw Clemens when he went 14 and 0 that year. Because remember, he was like he was never going to lose. I think he finished 24 and 4 or something like that. He was 24 and 4 in 86. And in 87, he was 20 and 9. He started off 3 and 6 and was in real. He was getting shelled early in 87. And then the second half of the year, he just pulled it all together. He was the only thing to go to Fenway for at that point. Yeah, no, it's ex- that, it's what that, you said. They were events Clemens starts back in the, the late 80s. Oh, it was a thing. Oh, God. Fenway was, I mean, it's not the uh, yuppie panacea that it is now, but, man, back then when, when a Clemens start was going, it, it rivaled what Pedro had. It really did in terms of just when Clemens took the hill, it was just, you you didn't know if you were going to get nine innings of a gem or if he was going to get shelled in the first four. Yeah. And that it, that night, it was just ridiculous, just the heat he was bringing and the crowd. I mean, again, fifth place in the middle of the week and 35,000 whacked out to see him. That's why I love baseball. There's so much on the line, whether your team's in it or not. There's so many things that can happen. And on that day, there was something that happened, even though the game really ultimately was meaningless. Chris, love the it's call. Really- Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of Pedro, Joe is in Quincy, and he's got a story. Hey, Joe, best game you ever saw. Thank you, BB. Um, I was telling the screener, um, my family, my wife and I had four boys, and every Christmas I would buy them tickets. And when they got a little older, we could they could pick one game they wanted to go, and it was his turn. He was a big Cleveland fan. So we went into the game, and he's got his Cleveland shirt and his Cleveland hat on. And everybody was over. You couldn't get near the Red Sox watching Pedro warm up. So, anyhow, he's down there alone. Cologne got through his warm-ups. He looked up and saw him with the Indian shirt and the hat, and he tossed the ball up to him. And I'm telling you, it was the best Christmas present in July that anybody could have got. I I wish I could get down and, and kiss his backside for what he made his day. It was wonderful. Does he still got the ball? He still has the ball. And as a matter of fact, that same year, you know how the kids go through the baseball card thing? They have to go to the sports shop. Anyhow, so one of the kids, and about seven boys, one of them got the, the, the addresses for all the major league teams. So anyhow, they're writing away to see if they could get one of their cards autographed. And he wanted colognes. 
So we have a, a, a neighbor. She's from Colombia. He wrote the letter. She went. He took her over there, and she translated it in Spanish for him. And about two weeks later, the return envelope came back. And when he came home from school, mother of God, it was just, it was, inc- he couldn't believe it. They signed, he signed the card for him and said, he was the only one that got a card back. So it was a great season for, for my youngest son. It was that a wonderful, wonderful season. This is what athletes can do, man. I always, you always hear him griping and bitching and whatever, but this is what you can do. And 50 no, years later or 30 years later, people are still getting emotional telling these stories. It's great I'm stuff. I'm telling you, and. And I'm telling you, I, you know, I've heard nothing but nice things. Wherever Cologne went, he was always out there. I know these guys have to, it's in their contract. They have to make certain mm-hmm. appearances and stuff. But this guy was the real deal. I mean, he, and what a game, Pedro and him, they, would have, they, they must have had 35 strikeouts between the two of them. So it was perfect. It was perfect. Everyone was happy. Excellent call, Joe. I appreciate that. By the way, Lightning, a story about cologne that passes the smell test. I guess so. I don't think you followed that one. Perhaps it wasn't to be followed. Cologne? Cologne? Smell test? Oh, that went over my head, and I'm happy it did because I just More... <laughs> not not feeling that pun. I'm not feeling More that. More calls when we come back. Can you rival Joe's story? That was fantastic. Best game you ever saw in person. It's VB in the middle on RKO. It's VB in the middle. That wasn't an epic fail. It was a grande fail. Is what you're telling me? First of all, it would be a vente fail. Let's just stop while you're ahead, okay? Let's just continue. That's why on. I don't like Starbucks. I don't. There's secret knocks. There's secret codes. <laughs> there's body language that needs to be read. All I wanted was a cup with Pennywise on it that said "It Frappuccino." I got none of that, and I got to put up with crap from you guys. When I was being cool, I was being cool. Now back to everybody's favorite middleman, VB. I don't know how we're going to do it, Lightning. We got the lines jammed. I want to try and get through every one of these calls. So as briefly as you can, the best game you ever saw in person because nobody got to see the Raiders' first ever game in Las Vegas last night. Let's head to Jack in the car. Jack, you're next on RKO. Hey, BB, I'll be quick. Uh, top four. I was at the Snow Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal. Um, game six, uh, Canucks versus uh, the Bruins when they got mm-hmm. Luongo out after, you know, Four mm-hmm. things, and he, and hands down, uh, I think it's the top two uh, games in the history of Boston sports. I was lucky enough to be at games four and five of the 2004 ALCS against the Yankees. Hands down, the best two. Boy, a lot of people. Yours, yours, really good, Jack. Because the, the question is, which is the best game? A lot of people would say the Snowball. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you got to remember, right? 2003, uh, Aaron Boone hit the home run. Oh, I remember. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, they go down three and they come back. Yeah, you saw Dave Roberts steal, and then you saw pop, the, pop, pop, the big pop, poppy pop, hit. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and, those are great. I, I'm all. Let me hold you, Jack, because your phone's a little iffy. In I want to get to everybody else here. John's in Saugus. John, you're next on RKO. AVB, I didn't even have to think about this one. The greatest event that I ever went to in sports wasn't even professional sports. It was the Saugus American Little League. We went down in 2003. We drove down to Pennsylvania, and we stayed the week, watched all the games. Saugus played Texas in what is considered probably one of still one of the greatest Little League baseball games. They beat Texas in extra innings 
We ended up losing to Florida, who went on to play Japan, and Japan won the all-around. But we ended up placing third. It's this my life because I spent it with my 10-year-old son, who was the catcher that I coached with another guy whose son was on the American Little League. The champs and my son and I still talk about it to this day. It's oh, one of those yeah. memories that live with us forever. Of course, and that I for those that don't remember that team, man, it was like a team of destiny. And that comeback game against Texas, there was there were ups and downs, and then they almost did it again the next time. Great, no, great team, great story, and it's everything. You know, people rip the Little League World Series and say it's so commercial, and they use these kids and whatever. I don't know, man. I bet you and your son were happy to be used in any which way they did there because, as you said, lifetime of memories. Years old. That was the greatest year. Those Major League 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds, it's the best time of your life. I agree. John, excellent call. Jackson Andover. Jack, you're next. Greatest game you ever saw. Uh, the, The game where Bobby Orr scored the goal in overtime. I was a gallery guard, second balcony, Second row, right on the goal line, where Bobby Orr scored that goal, mm. and and the man in front of me. It was a very hot day, Mother's Day in May. What happened, Lightning? I can barely hear him. I don't know. He's cutting out here. It's That's a phone. bad sell, Jack. I, I don't know where that story was going. I would have loved to have heard it, but I got to move on. Hang on. 617-266-6868. Tom is in Bedford. Greatest game you ever saw, Tom. Thanks for picking up, BB. But anyway, I went to high school. This was going back into the 60s. And uh, I went to high school in the Fen Fenway area. And uh, I had a job. Uh, back in the day, uh, people put uh, uh, seat covers on their uh, uh, cars uh, so they wouldn't get ruined. But anyway, um, I had started uh, the job at the uh, seat cover store. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was asked to put a seat cover on uh, a uh, Continental, Lincoln Continental, the beautiful car, and I, I, I was given the box with the seat cover in it, and this is my first big job, and um, I put the uh, seat cover on, and uh, the boss said to me, uh, "Take it apart." I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You put it on inside out. It was transparent, so I couldn't tell, you know, which was which." And uh, Tom, so I got I got to hold you because I got like eight guys to get to, and I'm not sure where that was going. And it a good story, I'm sure, but it's just it's it's taking too long. Karen's in Lowell. Karen, you're next on RKO. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Great. Okay, so when I was a little girl, late '70s, early '80s, um, Daddy Daughter Day, my father used to take me to hockey games at the old Met Center in Bloomington. And that was the Minnesota North Stars. And one night. We saw the Minnesota North Stars against the Philadelphia Flyers. And I was a little kid, so I don't really understand what happened. All I know is that we won, and people rushed out, and there were news cameras. And my dad put me on his shoulder, and it's like, we beat the Flyers. We beat the streak. We, and like, it was crazy good. So that is what I remember. <laughs> and you still don't know what it was all about? You just know it was a huge no, deal. No, I'd have to ask him, but <laughs> hockey was king back then. All I know is when I got home, 
because I threw my hat in the air. And my mother said, where's her stocking cap? And my father said, what are you talking about? You know, she threw it in the air, and she's like, well, it's cold. She should have her hat on. <laughs> well, that's, again, some, some hockey traditions, which are unexplainable. But, yeah, no, great story, Karen. Uh, John in New Hampshire, I got 20 seconds, John. I can't do it. That comedian you had a minute ago took my time. That was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. But St. Louis, I was in a wave band five rows back, the Blackhawks, which was exactly like the uh, the St. Louis Blues playing the Blackhawks. I'm, uh, now I'm lost. Bottom line is they were ahead 5 nothing. My team, the away team, went back and scored five goals to tie it 5-5 late in the third. And that place knew I was the only fan, and I was going to die if the other team didn't come back. Chicago Blackhawks beat us in Game 7 to win the central thing. Oh, man, how about that for a game? What a way to end it, too. Great story. Have a good night, everybody. Tomorrow at noon, you and me, we're going to meet right back here in the middle. VB in the middle. WRKL.